This is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Hey there, everybody. My name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead, number 142, for Monday, January 27, 2014. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. It's been a little while since we've done a podcast. In fact, three weeks, almost exactly. I was going to say it's a long while. It's not a little while. It's a, for me, it's been a long while. It is, it, and it feels like a long while, doesn't it? Like, Does it feel to you like we just took all this time off and did nothing with our lives for a while? Yeah, it's pretty sweet, eh? <laughs> <laughs> no, come on. It's, uh, I don't know, I, I, it's, it's probably one of the longest podcasting breaks we've had since we started this whole rigmarole here. Yes. You know, and it just felt like forever. But we're back now, we're back on the air. We are two weeks out from the uh, season four resuming. That's it, eh? Just two weeks. Two weeks. And, of course, at that time, we'll get back to the regularly scheduled program doing what we do. We're going to continue with the Wednesday night feedback shows, right? Well, yeah. I mean, I'd, I had, it's funny because that's new this season for us, and I had forgotten about them for a while. I was talking to my wife yesterday about, in two weeks, we'll be back to normal podcast schedule, so she won't see me on Monday nights, and uh, I'll be busy all the time. And she said, what about Wednesdays? I'm like, what do you mean Wednesdays? And she said, don't you record <laughs> on Wednesdays? Oh, yeah, we do. So uh, we will be doing that, even though I forgot all about it. Get it together, man. I know, I know. What's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? Uh, but I'm a little nervous about this week's show, Jason. Well, there's a lot of new variables injected into the whole scenario here. Your beard? My beard is one of them, that's it's, right. That's new. You don't know how to talk with your new beard that you're growing there. That's right. My my face and lips are all out of kilter because of the new beard. I'm growing a nice big beard. I don't know how big I'm going to go, but uh, I do plan to have it still when we go to Walker Stalker Con in Chicago in March. Right. So if anyone wants to see me with a big beard, I'll have a beard there. Grow it as long as you possibly can. Like, just, you know, trim it for uh, scraggliness, but don't trim it for length. Well, I do trim it every week or so just, yeah, to keep it um, sort of neat and, and to get it out of my mouth a little bit. Well, yeah, you got to do that. The mustache Otherwise goes you're your eating your food at least a couple of times. Yeah, that's right. I'm saving stuff for later in the, in the, the mustache. soup there. strainer. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, but I, I'm going to try, I'm trying to keep it going lengthwise. Yeah. So we'll see how big it is in, in about six weeks when that happens. Um, but no, what I'm talking about here is I've got a very new setup going. I had to rewire my entire recording studio here and not only rewire it, but that includes I finally updated the Mac to Mavericks, so that's a bit of an unknown. Right. I installed or had an SSD drive installed in my iMac, so that's all new and unknown. I'm recording to it right now, so let's fingers crossed that it keeps going okay. Mm -hmm. Plus, um, yeah, just the rewiring and replugging everything in to make it a little bit better and a little bit neater. You never know what I might have done wrong or forgot, so I hope this goes well. Well, in the uh, in the immortal words of uh, Albert Einstein... Uh, so far, so good. <laughs> Is he, did he say that? Did, I'm, I'm sure he must have did at he, some point. Did he coin that phrase? <laughs> no, I think it was Edward R. Murrow that, uh, that coined that <laughs> phrase, so far, so good. Well, let's just keep plugging along, see what it happens. Might have been, it might have been Samuel Clemens. <laughs> One of those guys, anyways. <laughs> I have no idea. Well, um, so we've got a big show today. We are going to review... Ed Sullivan. Ed Sullivan. <laughs> we've got a really big show. Really big shoe. <laughs> so far, so good. <laughs> 
Good night and good luck. Uh, no, so we, we've got a big show. A big. That's Ed Sullivan. That is we've got okay. a really big show. Well, we've got a uh, rather large show. Okay. Let's put it. Can that be me? We've got a rather large show for you tonight, everybody. <laughs> we've got a somewhat sizable performance. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'd call this a performance. <laughs> Anyways, what I'm trying to say is we are going to review the third book in the uh, Walking Dead Governor trilogy, or at least the first half of it that has been released, The Fall of the Governor, Part 1. Part A, yeah. Yep. We are going to do some Walking Dead news and a little bit of listener feedback. So uh, that's what I mean by a rather large performance show tonight. Cool, cool. The first thing, though, is that today's a very special day. It is. Bubble Wrap Appreciation Day. I have bubble wrap in my uh, office drawer. Really? Can you get it? If, if I, get, you, I get a big roll. If you got it out, you could do some bubble wrap popping and, and celebrate the day. All right, uh, play some uh, interlude music. I don't have any interlude. Oh, come back. Oh, Jason went to get his bubble wrap. I don't know how long he's going to be gone, and uh, I don't know that the payoff of bubble wrap popping into the microphone will really make it worth our while to wait here for him. But we'll find out momentarily. Are you back? I got a big roll of... Like I said, everybody, I'm not sure that paid off the weight. But well, it, it, why? What were you talking about? I, I, I just, I, I, nothing. I just said you went to get your bubble wrap. Anyways, today's bubble wrap appreciation day. So if you have any sort of appreciation for the packing material known as bubble wrap, now would be the time to get it out and I don't know, wrap your body in it or something. Hey, I got a bubble wrap joke. If you want to hear it. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Why do you sound so quiet all of a sudden? I don't know. I'm, I'm here. All Am right. I still quiet? Uh, you're a little bit quiet. I don't know what happened. Anyways, a um, a guy walks into a uh, doctor's office completely naked except complete, except with his entire body wrapped in bubble wrap. And the doctor says, well, I can clearly see you're nuts. Nice. <laughs> that works with cellophane, too. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It works with it's, uh, saran wrap, as we call it here in Canada. Right. Uh, anyways. Well, obviously not, because I'm from Canada, and I called it uh, cellophane. Well, I don't know. You're from a little town. It's different up there. <laughs> it's different over there. It is. Uh, all righty. Well, thanks to Bubble Wrap around the world for making our shipping containers or shipping packages safe for whatever we put in them. Yes. All right, Jason, let's do some Walking Dead news. Okay. The Walking Dead News. Finally, after however long we've been going, we're going to get into some actual Walking Dead discussion. The first item in the news today is, it's we're going to start on a light note here. I'm just saying, throwing that out there right now. Okay. Chandler Riggs has joined Facebook. Oh my God. I know. Just now. Just This just in. Yeah. he's. I, I believe he's been on, well, he's been on Twitter for some time, but breaking news, he has joined Facebook. Well, how old is he now? He must be 13, so he's allowed to join Facebook. Yeah, well, that's that's the uh, the the age, the minimum age for Facebook is 13. So, but uh, look him up to find out how old he is. No, that's that's probably what it is. His parents, you know, said, "I'm sorry, little Chandler. Once you are 13 years old, you can join Facebook, but not a moment before." So he's right. reached the age of Facebook now. That's awesome. If you want to go and throw the guy a like, go over to Facebook.com/slash C Carlton Riggs. That's the letter C, Carlton Riggs. I guess his name is Chandler Carlton Riggs. That's awesome. The, he's 14 now. The third. He just, he just turned 14 on uh, last June. So oh. He's, he's been old enough for a while, 
but I guess uh, either his parents wouldn't let him or he was uh, one of those people that just doesn't care about Facebook. Like you. Sort of like me. I'm on Facebook. You're just not on Facebook. I just don't read it or post it or go anywhere. And my wife always asks me questions. How do I do this on Facebook? It's like, I really have no idea. Well, you know me. I just wish you would go on our Facebook page once in a while. Yeah. Well, like, I try. I, you know, this year I also I made the same New Year's resolution I've made the last three years. Uh, spend more time on Facebook. And it just <laughs> will not happen. It just doesn't work for you. Yeah. Anyways, Chandler seems to be spending some time there, so uh, facebook.com slash Riggs if you'd like to like him or follow his every move. <laughs> stalk? Do no. you like to stalk young Chandler Riggs? No. Nope. Well, what do you mean by follow his every move? That he posts on Facebook. I thought okay. that was implied. All right. Next item in the news. The Walking Dead cast, pretty much the entire principal cast, is going to appear together on the Conan show. Conan? Yeah. This will be this episode will be airing on February the 9th, uh, which is the same day as the premiere. Go figure. Mm-hmm. Uh, or the season 4B premiere, anyways. And the people coming are Andrew Lincoln, Norman Reedus, Lauren Cohan, Stephen Yun, Denai Gurira, and Melissa McBride. Nice. So they're not making any... Uh, bones about getting Melissa McBride out there in the public, even though she's been banished from the group and no one really knows for sure when or where she's returning. She'll be back. Oh, we know she'll be back, and Kirkman confirmed that. Yeah. However, they're, uh, you know, sometimes when they have someone off the show, they, they go light on the press for a little while, you know what I mean? And this is for any show, not just Walking Dead, but if someone's off the show, you don't really know what their status is. They might not appear at these sorts of events, they're just throwing throwing Melissa right in there, I suppose. That's because it's obvious that she's going to be back in soon. I guess it's not really a secret. So. No. Anyways, all those people are going to be there, so tune in that night. I will probably be tuning in. I'm sure it'll be uh, your typical we love working together kind of fest, but it'll be it's fun to see them all together, I think. I'm hoping for a skit. <laughs> I think they'll put together a skit. They have to. Conan's not stupid. No. In fact, I find him pretty funny. He's he's a very smart, funny, tall man. With very big hair. With great hair. The hair adds like four inches to his height, too. He's yeah, he's six foot something, isn't he? He's, he's a huge. big dude. He's yeah. a big dude. He'll be taller than any of those people on his show. Oh yeah. So that's February 9th, the Walking Dead cast to appear on Conan. Tune into that. Uh I don't know what TV network Conan is on, but the Conan Network. Presumably, you can find that out. There, yeah, there was a whole thing where he was jumping around networks there, and it was a big uh, stink. He was? Yeah, there was, uh, you know, they brought him in for, I forget exactly what happened, but they brought him in for something, and then they said, no, thank you, and he went back somewhere else, and they said, okay, you can do that, but you can't go on television <laughs> for six months, so he went on tour. Your description is... Uh... It's so descriptive. La- lacking, yeah, because I, <laughs> I don't know what happened. I just know there was a kerfuffle where he couldn't go on uh, television for six months. Huh. And uh, Conan O'Brien is Conan O'Brien, so he went on tour. Okay. He put together a band and put together a bunch of uh, stuff, and uh, there's a doc- documentary about it that's really good called Conan O'Brien Won't Quit. What a what a life, man. You know, this guy, he, he's on TV, and then someone says, nah, you can't be on TV. So he goes on tour with his band. Like, yeah. come on, why... That's the life I want. <laughs> be rich, be really tall, have great hair, and go on tour whenever you want or when you're not on TV. And the rest you, of the time you're on TV. You need to be funnier and have a lot more personality. 
Yeah, that's my problem. No offense. I'm sorry I did to offend. I got no. That's no no offense taken. I have neither of those things, <laughs> humor or personality. Right. We're just these two guys on the internet. Really know? good boobs, though. Uh, I don't know what that you, means. You, well, that could work <laughs> on the internet. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Can we go on to the next item now? Please. McFarland Toys action figures. New ones coming in February and June. So in February, we get the next set of TV show action figures, and uh, the uh, the characters coming out are Glenn, Maggie, Tyrese, Zombie Merle Dixon, which I Ooh. thought was cool, and Chard Walker. You know how they always throw some walkers in there, and they, they just make right. up names for them? This is a walker that's all burnt up and gross. Well, if they're going to put Glenn and Maggie, do they have the, the fornication tower? They should have the fornication tower that comes in that set. Yeah, they should. They do not, though. That's what they need. They need, like, a Walking Dead play set. So there's the prison set. Like when, when we were kids, they used to put out, you know, G.I. Joes with all sorts of vehicles, and then they put out the Cobra Terror Drome, remember? That was like a play set for the action figures. Why don't they do that anymore for, for uh, this kind of stuff? I don't know. Maybe they're just, it's too expensive, and uh, kids' parents just won't pay $300 for uh, a, you know, the, the Walking Dead prison set. They should. I mean, I don't Would know. Would you? Um, for myself, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they don't want kids playing with this sort of stuff. Because the action maybe. figures, to be fair, are kind of marketed at adults anyways. That's true. Collectors, you know, not not so much kids. But well, maybe, maybe adults like prisons. Sure, as a play set. I don't know. So I've seen pictures of all these action figures coming out, Jason, and I think they all look pretty good, except for Maggie. This action figure looks nothing like Lauren Cohan. Maybe she was just in a bad mood when they uh, scanned her. I don't know what's wrong with it, but it just doesn't look good at all. You can go online and uh, take a look at these figures. Um, Glenn's face I found a little bit pudgy, but overall he looked okay. Uh, the other ones, Tyrese I thought looked really good, and Zombie Merle Dixon looked fantastic. Uh, it really, really looked like... Merle Dixon as a zombie, it Michael R- Michael Rooker. <clears throat> um, so I was impressed with that, but I was not impressed with Maggie at all. I think it looks like her. No, doesn't I mean, do anything not, for me. It's not great, but it's not it's not too bad. Well, okay, at the very least, it's one of the weaker ones, but that they, they they've ever put out, in my opinion. So that charred zombie really looks like a charred zombie, though. He really does. That's barbecue zombie right yeah. there. Um, so that series is coming out in February. Way down the road in June, in the summer, we are going to get the next series of comic book action figures. And we're getting Rick Grimes post-prison. So mm-hmm. uh, that's coming. Andrea. We're getting Punk Zombie, which I'm not sure what that is. And we're getting Dwight. Dwight is a character introduced later on in the comics. And he's probably the—well, he's the first— of the sort of big second wave of characters, I would say. Right. I wouldn't even call them second wave, but, you know, later on in the comic for sure. So um, that is interesting. I haven't seen, there's no pictures of those that I know of yet, but they're not coming until June, so there's some time. Yeah, the punk zombie, I thought I recognized him. He's in uh, He's in the comic. Like, yeah. I've seen him. I've seen him in the comic. I just, this will come up a little bit later, but I just reread a couple of the uh, the trade paperbacks, and he's in it. Yeah. Well, I I did read in the press release that he's inspired by page 17 of The Walking Dead number 30. I didn't go back to look that up, but maybe you were reading that uh, just this week. 
Yeah, it could yeah, it could be. I was reading uh, 5 and 6. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm not sure I'm not sure what Punk Zombie is, but if you go back to issue 30 and look on page 17, apparently that's where he came from. So, those ones come out in June and uh, McFarland Toys just keeps rolling along with with Walking Dead action figures and most of them are pretty good except for Maggie. <laughs> Uh, okay, moving right along. The Walking Dead won two People's Choice Awards recently. Awesome. This is the 40th annual People's Choice Awards. So they know what they're doing by now. They've been doing it for 40 years. Um, and uh, The Walking Dead won for favorite cable TV drama. Nice. Which is good. And they beat out Downton Abbey, Pretty Little Liars, Sons of Anarchy, and White Collar. And then still, don't, still haven't watched White Collar. No, I haven't either. Uh, nor have I watched Pretty Little Liars, Downton Abbey, or very much of Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> okay, you should. Well, you have to watch Downton Abbey. I, I like, don't. My my wife is entirely caught up, and I'm not starting at the beginning now, so it's not going to happen. I do not want to watch Downtown Abbey. I'm I'm speechless and saddened for you. No, nah, there's just some shows I just don't have time for, and that's one of them. Okay. We watched the first five episodes of Sons of Anarchy. I don't know about that show. That you can probably skip. Yeah. I, I'm sure there's amazing parts to it. I'm sure some of the later seasons are fantastic, but it's just it's just not high on my list, you know? No, the, I'm, I'm the same way with Sons of Anarchy. I wa- I've, I'm caught up, but uh, that's only because, uh, like, I'll wait till the entire season is over and then uh, get caught up all at once. Right. Other than that, I just really don't care. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel, but I'm never going to get caught up, I don't think. Right. So Andrew Lincoln... One for favorite TV anti-hero. Anti-hero? Yeah. So can well, does you... that make the governor the hero? Well, I guess, you know, uh, Rick Grimes is just not, ex- he's a hero, but he's not necessarily a upstanding good model citizen. Right. So he's not lawful good. He's more of a chaotic, chaotic good. Yes, exactly. So he beat out Dexter Morgan as a character. Right. Y- you can see how he's an anti-hero. Yes, I can see that. Uh, Jamie Lannister. Do you pronounce his first name Jamie? I'm not 100% sure, not having watched that show yeah, either. Yeah, it is. Jamie Lannister is fine. Okay. Norman Bates from Bates Motel. Oh, yeah. I love that show. I don't know what it is. I no, thought it is it a good show. It's really a very good. good show. And here's the one who... Here's Jason, you can guess who the final nominee was. This is the one who I can't believe Rick Grimes beat out. Is it the uh, the main actor from Mike and Molly? That would not be the guy. <laughs> then tell me. Walter White. Oh, Walter White. That like, is surprising. That's surprising, isn't it? That is a little surprising. It makes me a little bit uh, a little bit giddy and happy. Well, I'm happy that Andrew Lincoln won, but frankly, Walter White deserves that as an anti-hero. Walter White and Brian Cranston. <sighs> yeah, no, I can I can see it. I mean, I I really like Brian Cranston in that role, but I'm uh, I think I I don't think he should have won it. I think that the the people made the right choice. Well, that's very kind of you. I agree with the people. All right. The people know of what they speak. Yes. (laughs) Well, there you go. So there's a couple more awards for The Walking Dead. Now, the next, uh, we got three more news items, and I put these all at the back half here because they are a little bit spoilery. Now, most, most of the stuff here is based on, you know, quotes or speculation or rumors that have been out there or said in interviews. Um, so, you know, it's not really spoilerish, uh, it's not really spoiler material, but if you don't want to even theorize about what's going to happen or theorize with maybe potentially being right, 
then these could be considered spoilers. So just give everyone a chance to uh, skip ahead right now if you don't want to hear these. For those of you that are still with us, we got a couple of new cast members to talk about. Uh, now, we may have already reported on Andrew J. West being cast as Gareth. Do we, do you have any recollection of talking about him? No. All right, so maybe not. that doesn't not. mean we haven't. I just, no. that, you, you mean you asked me specifically about my recollection. Right, and this is what I mean. We haven't done this in so long. I don't even know what we were doing three weeks ago. Um, but The Hollywood Reporter reports that Gareth, the character, will appear in the second half of season four as a guest star with the option of being promoted to series regular in season five. And it's being reported in, a various, in various places that Gareth is a mixture of many so far unidentified characters from the original comics. So he is new, but they've taken little bits from various uh, characters in the comic for this role. Um, now, there's also some speculation that Gareth will actually be the leader of the uh, the cannibals, which oh, is yeah. is a which is a storyline from the comic called the Hunters. And um, you know, I forget the character's name in the comic book, but it wasn't Gareth, and so maybe they're just throwing this new character in there to kind of throw us off a little bit. Plus, you know how they always use different names when they announce characters so that uh, right. we don't know for sure who it is, if it's a known character. Obfuscation, it's called. Exactly. <clears throat> so there's some speculation that, that Gareth is going to be involved in that, and the fact that he is, you know, enough of a character that he has the potential to be to be a, season, a series regular in Season 5, who knows what that means. I mean, you wouldn't think that those, uh, the Hunters would last too long, but you never know. I, I like the uh, the hunter storyline, and I sure hope we get that. And uh, if he's the leader of the hunters, uh, and he would somehow need to survive to be a series regular, yep, that'd be uh, that that's a pretty big leap, and uh, something would have to have to happen that's vastly different from the comic for uh, for one of those uh, cannibal guys to get you know, be on the show regularly. Yeah, now the other thing is, during that Hunter's storyline, our main group of characters are actually holed up in a church, if, the, right. if I'm not mistaken, with um, the minister or the priest that was that was hiding in the church or living in that church. Right. So maybe he could be that character instead. He could be the priest. You know, if we're following that storyline, I presumably our character's going to be stuck somewhere or living somewhere or surviving. And um, maybe Gareth is sort of more on that side of things. I don't know. Um, but we also have a woman named Anissa Matlock cast as an unknown character. No name has been given um, on uh, IMDb or anywhere else that I could find. And uh, however, unlike Andrew J. West, The Walking Dead is actually listed on her IMDb page. It's not listed on his page yet. Huh. But his casting has been confirmed, you know, more so than this one. So rumors here, though, are flying around that she's playing Teresa from the Hunters. Now she was Teresa was the only woman in the group of Hunters in the comic. Right. So the internet seems to be thinking that these they are going for the Hunter storyline. They're starting to cast those people, or not starting because they filmed it, but they, you know, the the names are starting to get out there. And uh, we might see, you know, these people in those roles in, in the second half of season four. Right. That'd be excellent. 
it would be cool because I'm with you. I do want to see this storyline. I think it would be a great. I just think it would, it's a perfect storyline to come following up the prison. It worked really well in the comic, and yeah. I think it would work well on TV too, because our you know our main group is sort of scattered. They're out there. They have nowhere safe to stay, and they have to deal with this kind of threat. Yeah, and it works with the timeline too. I mean, it's been long enough that uh, people would probably start to resort to that kind of thing once all the resources uh, have started to run out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Totally, so ma totally makes sense. Completely plausible. <laughs> um, now, the other thing, I think the big reason why people think that that we're going down this cannibal hunter's line is that Andrew Lincoln teased in an interview at some point that in the second half of season four, they're going to do their most controversial episode that they've ever done. Okay. And you got to think that cannibalism and eating people would be pretty controversial. On Especially TV. if uh, if at little ass kickers on the chopping block. <laughs> Who knows? Yes, especially we uh, you know we thought killing a baby on TV was was too controversial, but killing a baby and eating it, <laughs> yeah, that takes it to a whole another level. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so all that evidence pr is presented right in front of your face, Jason. I think we may be getting hunters on the TV show and. Andrew J. West and Anissa Matlock are a couple of them. I'm going to mentally force the story into that area, regardless of what's actually on the television in front of me. That should be interesting for when we recap stuff. Yeah. That never happened. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> sometimes, I disagree with what you said happened. Sometimes we get emails from people that say, um, you guys either completely forgot this or made that part up. <laughs> actually, we don't make too much stuff up. I'm pretty good at, at not making stuff up. Well, so it's all my fault then. It's all your fault. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, okay, so Entertainment Weekly, next item here, has seen episode uh, nine of season four. Okay. And they had this to say about it. Again, a little bit spoilery, people. I'm, I'm The spoiler warning is still in effect. Entertainment Weekly said, No show on television uses silence like The Walking Dead. AMC's zombie mega-hit returns after a slam-bang mid-season finale bloodbath, and what hits you most of all is the quiet, the wordless opening scene, the eternal cicada soundtrack, the way Andrew Lincoln's injured Rick makes every breath sound like torture. Long stretches of the episode focus on Carl, left alone to wander through the emptied streets of post-zombie suburbia. It's a showcase for Chandler Riggs, the post-apocalyptic Huck Finn, Inevitably, people start talking, and midway through its fourth season, Dead still has problems constructing an exciting scene with its pre-dead humans. A flashback dream sequence is particularly laden. Dead's visual storytelling is top-notch. You just wish the characters had something more interesting to say. So that's a bit of a compliment underhanded sandwich there. <laughs> it kind of really kind of really is. It starts off really solid and then kind of say that the walking dead isn't really all that interesting when the characters are talking to each other. So <laughs> um I do like the sounds or the lack of sounds of an episode that's very sort of silent and quiet. It's going to take me back to the pilot which had very little dialogue in it if you recall. Yeah, and the uh, the cold open of season 3 where uh, was uh, was completely silent. Nobody talked. Nobody spoke. Where they they are invading the house, right? That's right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That was the first time we saw Carl really competent and and confident with a gun, and um, 
we're going to get something like that here it sounds like cold open totally silent not a lot of talking carl just with himself and his own thoughts and i especially like when they said andrew lincoln's uh injured rick makes every breath sound like torture that i mean i, I feel bad for the character but that sounds <laughs> awesome that's going to be good you know i think that's going to be really good i think you know maybe um lincoln here isn't going to have many lines but i have a feeling he's going to knock it out of the park anyway Right. I, when you first started talking about the silence, I thought that uh, maybe the, uh, the the reviewer's sound wasn't turned on. Did I, did I ever tell you about the time I saw signs in the theater? Uh, and there was no sound? There was no sound, and uh, everybody in the theater was just watching it. I mean, it's, it's M. Night Shyamalan, so uh, it very well could have been completely silent. And it was fine, and it was just like opening shot, opening shot, all the opening credits, completely silent. And then uh, all of a sudden, uh, what's his name? Uh, the main character, he was Mad Max. What? Yeah, Mel Brooks. No, no Mel Gibson. Mel Brooks. <laughs> I don't know what's worse, me forgetting his name or you saying Mel Brooks. Gibson, Mel Gibson. <laughs> Mel Gibson sits up at a start after hearing something, obviously, and nobody in the audience knew what that sound was, so finally went, oh, maybe this sound's turned off. And But the entire audience was completely on board with the silent opening until that's that moment, so... Weird. My first concern was the uh, reviewer ha hadn't uh, turned up the sound on their television. Well, this reviewer, I'm going to assume, is a professional and knows how their TV works. Right. Um, now, what about this flashback dream sequence? What do you think we're getting there? I mean, just to throw something out there that has no context whatsoever. I don't know. It's going to be a fever dream of Rick's. Yeah. And uh, it could be anything. It could be a hodgepodge of uh, actual you know, flashback fact uh, mixed in with uh, fever horror stuff and could be interesting. Do you think we're, do you, are you saying we're going to maybe get uh, like flashbacks of things we've already seen that Rick is kind of remembering as he's in his feverish state? I'm thinking we'll, no, I'm thinking we'll get actual flashbacks of stuff we haven't seen back before the outbreak, but intermixed with outbreaky kind of things. Right. Right. Like a flashback from when uh, Chandler Riggs or, uh, uh, when he was a baby, and maybe he, you know, looks up and it's the whole uh, Bilbo Baggins thing when he sees the ring after so long, and turns into a zombie, kind of thing. <laughs> it's it's going to be a mixture of the two. That's what I think. All right, I I I'm with you. I'm sure. I'm pretty sure it will be some sort of fever dream. I just don't know if we're going to go back pre-apocalypse. If he's going to be dreaming about Laurie, you know. Oh please, God, don't let them flash back to stuff we've already seen. Uh, no, I don't know about that, but maybe. Maybe this will, you know, in the show, we've already done the crazy t uh, telephone storyline, right? Yeah. That's been done already. So that's not going to happen again. But, it, you know, maybe this is going to be sort of a replacement for that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say that either. That the that, phone that, stuff that, is that done? That telephone thing might come back. No, I don't see it. It came they, back in the comic. He took the phone with him in the comic, right? I think that... There was something later on in the comic where that phone made a comeback. I don't recall, but uh, I I don't think you can do that on TV. You can't have a character go to crazy town, talk to people on the phone uh, mysteriously, and then be done with it and come back from that, which was all about you know what the last bunch of episodes have been about thematically. And then I just don't think you can do that again, right? Rick is sick this time. He's not crazy. Maybe the phone makes it uh, into the flashback fever dream. Sure, maybe the phone is there, 
But I think maybe this dream sequence, maybe we'll get a few of them as Rick is hallucinating and recovering. And it maybe, you know, maybe we will see him interacting with Laurie again or either pre or post apocalypse. And this will kind of be a be a replacement for him actually talking to her on the phone. Right. And then it'll be done with after this episode because he'll recover and they'll move on. Okay. I don't know. I'm just saying. I think it'll be interesting to find out no matter what. Uh, Okay, last item in the news this week. Comicbook.com has compiled some information based on rumors and interviews that are out there. And they had, I think, a list of seven or eight things to watch out for in the second half of season four. And I'm going to read two here. And the first one is pretty short. And that that is that there will be more Daryl. They say there will be one episode that focuses almost exclusively on Daryl. Good. Sort of like how we had Governor episodes in the first half, we may get a Daryl episode in the second half, which is cool, especially if you are a Daryl Dixon fan or a Norman Reedus aficionado. Right. <laughs> well, that, that makes sense. I think since everybody's split up, I think that uh, you know getting a Daryl episode would be kind of fun. Yeah, it actually wouldn't surprise me if we get you know, a Daryl episode and a Michonne episode. The first one's going to be a Rick and Carl episode. So maybe this is nothing new. Maybe this is just everyone split up. So we have to show their individual stories before we slam them all back together. Right. So could be nothing. The other thing they report here, though, is that a major character will die. And they say predicting that someone will die before the end of season four is pretty much like predicting the sun will rise in the morning. (laughs) However... And here's where it gets interesting. However, we've got a pretty good indication of which cast member will be dying. And let's just say it will be a real shocker. If what we believe is correct, then one of the main cast members who has not been killed in the comic book series will die during season four. Now, before we... Hold on, hold on. Uh, We've kind of referred to the comic a lot in the last three items here, and we've been a little bit open about it but i don't want to talk about who's alive and who's dead in the comic right now because that's just too spoilery i wasn't even going to go there all righty so I, I was going to uh i was going to question the credibility of the uh the writer of that you know because there's a lot of uh if we believe will ha- what will happen will happen then ooh, it's going to be a shocker but really do you really have information or are you just kind of speculating and trying to draw in readers? Link bait. It very well could be link bait. You know, we know or we think we know what's going to happen. You know, the, the internet has been getting worse and worse lately for um, leading headlines. Have you noticed this? Head- I, I, don't, I don't read the internet. Well, okay. If you did, you would notice that there are more and more sites out there doing headlines like... Um, like kind of like this where it's you know the walk major character dies in the walking dead season four um click more to find out who kind of thing and uh then they turn it around in the article and they don't tell you anything or they say it could be anybody right that's finding out who it's just not anything doesn't mean anything so you know who i think is going to die and then list all of the characters in the show. Pretty One much. One of them is going to die. Pretty much. That's the kind of thing that's been happening on the internet lately. Um, the, the thing I thought was at least interesting about this is they're throwing out something that relates back to the original source material. 
And for me, that kind of made it okay. Someone who's alive, uh, someone who's alive in the comic will be killed in the show. It sounds like two drunk guys sitting in a room going, wouldn't it be cool if, and then writing it all down and putting it on the internet. Well, I mean, that's what we do, sure, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, don't take anything away from that. We're not, we're not passing it off as fact, well, at least for, you know, not, not intentionally. No. We're just kind of, we're just, we're, we are giving our opinions. And this guy, this person, I don't know if it's a man or a woman, is, uh, is saying things that are fact. And, 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 you know, they're, in order to cover their ass, they're saying things like, if what happens is what we think is going to happen, then boy, is it ever going to be shocking. Yeah. Just I, I call bullshit on the whole thing. Yeah, no, Sorry. I. That's fine. I'm totally with you. Uh, and I should probably just stop reporting on this stuff. <laughs> no, we don't do that because where's <laughs> the fun in that? Where's the fun? Yeah. Uh, so yes, uh, a major character very well could die in the next uh, bunch of episodes before the end of the season. Yes, it could be somebody that uh, is alive in the comic. It's definitely going to be somebody that's currently alive in the television show, and it was going to be shocking. But if you're expecting it to be shocking and you go through the list of, of all the different characters and go, if they die, it's shocking. If they die, it's shocking. If they die, it's shocking. By the end, once some of them dies, you're going to say, I knew it. I knew it. Because you've already, you know, expected everybody to die. Yeah. Well, so. then, Jason, tell me, who's going to die in the second half of season four? Michonne. That would if be. it's gonna, it would be yes. That would be a complete shocker and would be completely crazy. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go. Let's see. Uh, it's. I, I think I'm gonna go with Maggie. I think Maggie, Maggie is gonna die in the second half of season yeah, you're four. Probably right. And that's kind of a bummer because I really like Maggie. I like Michonne too, though. So actually, I, you know, I don't think Michonne is gonna die, but that would be shocking. Uh, I think Morgan is gonna die. Yeah. I can see that Morgan. Morgan's going to come back and get killed. He'll come back for an episode. It'll be really heroic. He'll it'll, it'll be awesome. He'll get killed off, and we'll all be bummed out. Yeah. Um, but he doesn't count of the characters <laughs> of the of the main group. I'm going to call Maggie. You're going to call Michonne. Let's just say that. All right. And we'll fine. see in uh, in um, eight, nine, ten weeks from now. We'll see. It'll probably be somebody whose name starts with the letter M. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Morgan, Michonne, or Maggie. That's right. Uh, alrighty, or Mika. Could be. Or any other M's? I can't think of any. We're going to take a quick break, Jason. When we come back, it's time to review The Fall of the Governor, Part 1. And after that, a little bit of listener feedback. So uh, all that coming up when our program continues. For you, the listeners of The Talking Dead, Audible is offering a free audiobook download and a free 30-day trial, so you have the chance to check out their service. Jason, what book do we want to recommend for our fine listeners this week? 
You know, I'm going to go with one that I just finished listening to, and it, I don't know why I get these, but uh, they're good for a little romp. It's the latest uh, Tom Clancy novel, obviously uh, probably not written directly by him, seeing as though he died, but uh, it is Command Authority by Tom Clancy and Mark Greeny, uh, narrated by Lou Diamond Phillips, or as I like to call him, Lou Diamond Upchurch. Lou Diamond Upchurch. So, uh, so when did he die? When did he die? Just recently. He very well could have had his uh, his thumb in the pie of this one. So he probably wrote this book, and, and the other guy just finished it off. I think he goes with, uh, you know, this is the outline. These are the kind of things I want to happen in the book. And then the other guy writes it and goes, here's my submission. And Tom Clancy goes, uh, yeah, that's fine. But you didn't even read it. It's like, fine, just put it out. <laughs> you think Tom Clancy's <laughs> been doing this for years? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, well. Uh, so, so does Arthur, Arthur C. Clarke. He's so dead. it's not a bad thing. He is he dead too? I don't know if Arthur's. I I should look that up. If, I don't think he's. If dead. not, he's super old. Anyways, uh, Tom Clancy. What was this one called? Uh, Command Authority. It's the latest book in the Jack Ryan series. All right, that's... he's president of the United States again. Okay, that's cool. If you are a Jack Ryan fan, you're going to want to go to Audible and check this out, so you can listen to it on your commute or while you're hanging around the house doing dishes or working in your garden or wherever you can't hold a physical book. And uh, that's the beauty of Audible. They've got 100,000 titles, more than 100,000 titles in all sorts of genres. And uh, if you go to audibletrial.com slash talkingdead, you can get a free audiobook and a free 30-day trial uh, to give it a chance. And the audiobook you get is yours to keep. Go to audibletrial.com slash talkingdead for that free audiobook. Welcome back, everybody. It is time now to review The Fall of the Governor, Part 1. Uh, so, Jason, before we get started here, mm-hmm. let's um, we've reviewed the other two books Correct. Every, every year during the hiatus. We review a book. And uh, just a really quick recap. Um, I don't think—well, I won't speak for you. I was not blown away by either of the first two books, although I didn't think either of them were— were that terrible or that bad, really, to be honest. Um, I think both of them sort of had some of the same issues, but at the core, there was a decent story running through them. I don't know. Maybe someone will go back and listen to our reviews of those and be like, that's not what you said at all. <laughs> but uh, that's the way I feel about them at this point, where uh, you know some of the writing style bothered me a little bit, the extreme descriptiveness bothered me a little bit, but... I think there was definitely some entertainment to be had out of them and some decent storytelling mixed in there somewhere. Okay, so I agree with you, and I think that we should just go ahead and say, regardless of what, what we actually said in the reviews, that's how we feel now. Right. Sometimes, you know, perspective comes after some contemplate contemplation on something, right? Right. It's been a while, it's had time to soak in, and that's it. So that's sort of the way we think about the first two books. We're going into the third one here, and I should warn everyone that I think we're going to spoil the story in this one, too. We're going to spoil the living hell out of this thing. All right. So that's what we're going to do. I'm going to start with an email here from Josh. Sorry, I'm going to cut you off one more time. Just uh, in in talking about spoilers, uh-huh. by spoiling this book, we are also spoiling the comic. That's true. 
because okay. so I just want to put that warning out as well because this book gets to uh, events that took place in the comic. Yes, and frankly, to be honest, we may end up spoiling little bits of the uh, first two books too. But hope we'll try not to do that. <laughs> we're, yeah, so we're just a blanket statement. We're going to spoil the shit out of everything. <laughs> All right, I'm going to start with an email. This comes from Josh in North Carolina, and he says, I feel like the more I read the novels, the more disappointed I find myself. I really enjoyed the first novel, getting such an in-depth, interesting, and frankly unexpected, unexpected backstory for the governor. But with the second book, and now the third, I just find myself reading them simply for information gathering, no longer enjoyment. I don't particularly care for Lily and her band of Woodburyans, and the long-winded, overly descriptive text of all environment and zombie gore now just gets on my nerves. I wish they had just stopped at one with a good, solid novel instead of drawing out the storyline as they have. So, Josh, not too hot on this novel. Sounds like he wasn't even too hot on the second one. Jason, after reading it, do you agree with him, or do you think they've taken this story in a brave new direction that's completely turned it around. I am so confused by this novel. <laughs> so right. I, I, yes, I agree, and no, I don't agree, and I feel, uh, I, I, my feelings don't fall on that line of being able to agree with them or being able to disagree with them. <clears throat> I, I'm confused by this. Okay, so let me just say that the, uh, the I agree with the uh, over descriptive text that he said uh, was in the first two novels. I just, I agree with uh, Lily and her band of uh, Woodburyans. It's kind of a boring storyline. Uh, yes, there's a lot of information in there that is worth gathering. Uh, the first two novels was, uh, there was some entertainment to be had, but it, there weren't, you know, they weren't great pieces of uh, literature. And this third one, I was going in with the, uh, with the same feeling, with the groan, oh my God, I got to get through this because uh, we got to do a review on it and I actually have to get through all the way and I wish I didn't even have to pick the thing up, really, honestly, because the information I could, uh, you know, be nice to have, but I could do without. So I started this book with uh, that in mind, which was not a good place to start. And as it went on, it sort of just, it just kept, getting that way to me and nothing, my opinion didn't change. Then all of a sudden I got super interested and was really enjoying it. Just out of nowhere. And I was not expecting that. The uh, the fight scene between the governor and Michonne, I loved the description of that. Yeah, I don't know if I would call it a fight scene. Well, the fight between them? They had a fight. Oh, okay, after that. I'm thinking of the first thing where he just tortures her. No, that's not a fight. No, that's not a that fight was, That was rape and torture. <laughs> yes. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the actual fight that uh -huh. they have. That I just I love the description of that. I like the the way it was set up. I liked what happened, and then from that point on, I was kind of interested in uh, in what was happening, mm -hmm. and so I'm confused uh, about the whole thing because I was expecting it to be a long, drawn out, boring kind of thing, and uh, and then it, all of a sudden, I'm interested in this book. Listening, I listened to it. I got the audible version, and uh, there was parts of it that I really enjoyed. So I'm a little confused. Okay, well, um, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I sort of went into this, I think, a little bit more open-minded than you. I wasn't dreading reading it. I knew how I felt about the other books, and I expected more of the same, I must admit. But I, I knew going in that we were going to get the events in the comic from when the group at the prison and the group at Woodbury come together, but we're going to get it basically from the other side, from the from the governor's perspective 
instead of Rick's perspective. Right. And I thought maybe this would be an interesting way to tell the story because I often think that the same story from a different perspective can be very interesting. It can really reveal different nuances to characters and different nuances to a story. I agree. That being said, I'm not so sure it really worked for me in this book. All right. Um, for me, I feel like I know everything about this character of the governor by now. The governor has gotten more you know, page time or screen time pretty much than anybody else with these novels. You know, we've gotten more governor storyline than we've gotten Rick storyline, I think, when you when you factor all this in. So I may be having a little bit of governor fatigue, but I was throughout this book thinking to myself, my God, I know everything there is to know about this character. I get how sadistic and brutal he is and i just don't need to hear it anymore i'm i'm done like i get this character let's move on i don't need to to hear anymore about how he's raping and torturing michonne in those scenes or what he's doing to you know to the people of of woodbury or and how he's treating them and things you know going on in the uh in the um uh walker pit there the fights they have and I just, just kind of like, eh, let's, that's it. I'm, I'm done. And so for that reason, I was actually, I think, one of the few people that was a little bit more interested in what was going on between Lily and Austin, her, like, new boyfriend, than I was with the governor. And I, I feel like at least Lily, you know, she was in the second book, but at least she's a newish character. We don't know everything about her story. And it's a direct continuation of the second book. So, you know, it, it felt like it was a natural progression and there was more story to tell about her. And then this Austin character who, you know, arguably is not the deepest character in the world, but I didn't find him annoying or, or just useless. He did provide something for her to sort of latch onto as a character and, I don't know, you know, re-sort of reevaluate kind of life in the zombie apocalypse but and and for that for me that stuff kind of worked in the book and I'm curious to see where it goes even though I know you know ultimately what happens to Lily's character the governor stuff I could I could almost do without at this point so to further my confusion and I agree with you in that uh, we've learned everything we knew about uh, we could know about the governor and he's kind of a it's kind of there's nothing new there uh, so I went back and I reread uh, the comics that uh, had to do with the governor from the introduction of the character until after the final scene in the, in the uh, in this novel. I didn't I stopped there because I didn't I wanted to wait until the next novel comes out before I continue reading to refresh my memory. Right. Uh, so I went from uh, kind of not looking forward to this to enjoying the last bit of the novel and about the, the description of the of the fight scene between Michonne and the governor and to enjoying the last half of the novel to reading the comic book and thinking the comic was so much better than this novel is. Uh, that, that whole story. And it's not really t telling a story from a different perspective. There's very, very little that's in the novel that's actually uh, not in the, in the comic book. It, there's very little. Okay, that's 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 a good point. You're right about that. But what I mean is, I mean, we see in the comic basically everything out of Rick's eyes and yep. what he feels. And 
in the in the novel we see everything out of the governor's eyes. Now, you're right, to be fair, most of what's going on isn't really related directly to each other. Or there's lots yeah. of stuff in going on at the prison that we see in the comic book that have nothing to do with, with Woodbury and vice versa. Well, I think I agree with you in that, uh, sure, we get the perspective of the governor in the novel, but there's nothing new there. There's no new information, really. The governor's character is not developed further by this novel than than in the graphic novel. Uh, no, there's nothing. I mean, there's new stuff because we didn't see it before. But the, in terms of character development, there's not, and that's what I'm. That's what I mean. Like, we know the governor is just a bastard. We know he is yeah. like a sadistic rapist murderer character, right? He is in the comic and in this novel. You really, he really is a step or three steps further, in my opinion, than the governor in the TV show. I mean, these novels are obviously canon with the comics, not the TV show, because they're not the same thing. But this governor, like, the depiction of what he does in these books just kind of wore on me. And it, it kind of made me appreciate what David Morrissey did in the TV show a little bit more. Because I felt like David Morrissey, he wasn't, like, he wasn't... um Like, he was nuts, right? And he went crazy, and he gunned down his own people... But he was also a skilled manipulator and a good shit talker. And there was more to him than just being a really, really evil guy. And, yeah. and, and I, you know, I may have actually sort of complained about that, talking about the show a little bit, that the governor didn't seem bad enough. But compared to this, he did. I mean, he did in a different way. But compared to this, he was more nuanced. There was more, you know, under the surface kind of evil manipulation to him. Whereas governor in the books in the novels is just all right out there. He's like, I'm, you know, I'm bad and I'm loving it. <laughs> yeah. He's a hammer and every problem is a nail. Yeah. In, in the, in the book. Yeah. And, and, and that's kind of what I'm getting tired of in these books. Yeah. And, and it wasn't like that in the first one and it started to get like that in the second one. And now it's full on hammer nail in the, in the third one. And, yeah. and I've had enough. So, yeah, and I went, uh, so my feelings went from kind of not looking forward to the book to really enjoying it to reading the graphic novel and going, there's nothing new there. The graphic novel was plenty. It was, it, you know, it's plenty. And so I got confused because now I don't like the book again because there's nothing new there. And I just, I liked, I just realized how much I actually liked the comic. Right. Remembered how much I actually liked the comic and liked that story in the comic. Yeah. It's all there. Yeah, no, you're right. It's all there, and it was told well, you know, the first time. Very well, and, yeah. And uh, so, so I don't know. I mean, we've been, I guess we've been pretty negative on this book. Um, I think, as I said, all the same kind of things that bug me about the first two are here. Um, how, you know, how many times can they use the word ejaculate blood? And They didn't use it in this book. Is it not in this him, one? I, no, I was going to give him credit for that. Jay Bodensinga and uh, Robert Kirkman did not use the phrase ejaculate blood in this book okay. because I would have remembered it. But there was definitely some repetition from the other books. Oh, yeah, the last two books both had it. They, they At did. At least once or twice. But I mean, even in this one, they oh, yeah. definitely used some of the same phrasing of, uh, of to describe the gore. And... <laughs> you know, we know what the gore looks like. We can imagine it. It's it's yep. it just feels like unnecessary padding. Uh so let's see. The the last thing about this uh, and Michonne is uh when I got the Michonne action figure f from McFarland Toys, I was a little confused by uh some of the uh 
the, the, the stuff that came with her action figure. It came with uh, pliers and a drill and a spoon, I think. Not confused anymore. Not con- I remember why there's a drill and a spoon and pliers. Yeah. So I'm glad about that. Yeah, there you go. Why does Michonne come with a drill? <laughs> she needed to do a little home repair. Yeah, a little, little shoulder repair. Yeah, that's right. So uh, let's uh, let's see. What do we got? Uh, Matt from Delaware sent an email, and he said, I'm all for secondary storylines. They're, nece- uh, they're necessary for contrast to the governor's fall, but Lily's tale didn't really seem to have an exciting direction and isn't making me want to invest in their survival. With Lily, we just know that she's pregnant with some young kid that suddenly wants to be a dad, not interested. Lily's love story was just so boring and predictable. And uh, really didn't give any foreshadowing to anything interesting in the second half. Will she have the baby? Won't she? Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, was there anything about the pregnancy, remind me, in any other mediums comic? Uh, not that I just recently read. No, I don't think so. So this is new. And I'm not totally on board with Matt here. Like I said, the Lily Austin stuff is what... I actually found sort of interesting in this book. So I am interested to see where it goes. I ultimately know what happens to Lily, um, but I don't know how she gets there. And because her story hasn't been beaten to death already, that's why I can, you know, invest a little bit in it. So I'm with uh, them. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> All right. One more email. Graham in the UK wrote, I found the first part really gripping and brutal to the extent that I rewatched a few episodes and could really get David Morrissey's portrayal within the limits of the AMC, T- AMC TV's obvious restraints. The scene with Maggie and Glenn resonated so much as I read about the endless brutality meted out by the novel governor on the bound Michonne that twice I was forced to stop and exclaim loudly before reading on. The weird La La Land episodes they show in the program as he, the governor, is brimming with hatred are now easily explained due to his uh, truly evil dystopian sense of ethics in the brave new world of the Zompoc. I guess that's zombie apocalypse. I guess so. <laughs> um, so Graham, he's really enjoying it. And uh, does it say uh, if he read the first couple of novels? I guess it would be silly to read this one and not the first two, but, you know, I don't know. What the hell? Yeah, so... If uh, you know if you have any thoughts out there on on The Walking Dead: The Fall of the Governor Part One, give us a call, send us an email, let us know. TalkingDeadPodcast at gmail dot com. It's uh, my least favorite of the three. I think the novels have taken one step down as they've gone on, and I'm hoping that the the second half of this one really finishes on a strong note. But we'll have to see. I think it comes out in March, so pretty soon. Uh, it this. Novel is my favorite of the three. Really, eh? Yeah. Huh. Only because of that fight scene at the end. Well, only because it's so it's so closely mirrored the comic, which I loved. Yeah. Yeah. It's... And I and I had forgotten uh, I'd forgotten exactly what had happened in the comic book, so I loved this story, and then I went and reread the comic and went, oh yeah, that's where the story came from. Book is crap. Story good. Yeah. I, don't you? One other thing I'll say about this is. As we all know, Rick and uh, Glenn and Michonne are there, and um, Rick and Glenn are helped to escape from Woodbury by Martinez in the book right. and in the yeah. comic. And a couple of people are going with them. Didn't Was it just me, or did you feel like that whole storyline from the point where Martinez goes to 
you know, get Rick and round them all up and then sneak them out and so on and so on. I just felt like it took forever. You know, they broke this book up into two halves because they wanted to tell the story and do it justice. But my God, that whole thing could have been done in like four pages. Uh, no, I, I don't think, I didn't feel that way. No, I, I to me, it just went on and on and on and on and on. And, and I don't know. I, I mean, again, maybe because I kind of already know that story. Well, yeah, if I had known the story, if I had remembered exactly what had happened, maybe uh, it would have droned on for me. But because I didn't remember the story and the, the, the uh, all the little points that went from point A to point B, that, uh, no, it seemed fine to me. It was, it was good. All right. Well, a couple different takes then. I say, I mean, read it because it's the third one. You can't not read the third book in a trilogy. But, uh, you know, nothing to write home about. And you're a little more positive. <laughs> <laughs> a little more positive, yeah. All righty. So there you go. The Walking Dead, <clears throat> Fall of the Governor, Part 1. Now it's time to finish off with a little bit of this. Listener feedback. All right, listener feedback. Uh, just a few this week, Jason. A couple of emails here, actually. Mike from North Carolina writes... I was just watching the new little three-minute snippet AMC released for the upcoming second half of season four. There's a shot of those two girls who left with Tyrese, and the older one on the left is carrying a diaper bag. I guess hmm. it could just have supplies in it, but why have a diaper bag? True. <laughs> it's your trademark, true. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I once got a free bag from Fido when I was uh, way back in the day when I was a Fido subscriber and it had little uh, Fido, Fido logos all, all, all over it. It was a gym bag, but uh, when I carried it around, everybody thought I was carrying around a diaper bag because it looks like a diaper bag. Fido, for the record, is a uh, budget <clears throat> cell phone provider here in Canada. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's a rebranding of the Rogers brand. Correct. It used to be an independent one, but it's, yeah, it's a, a little cell phone thing where people with uh, limited budgets could get uh, you know cell phone plan for the Toronto area. And uh, I was an early subscriber to the Fido network. Sure. Well, it's a good point that Mike makes. You know, why would the girls, if it is a diaper bag, why would they be carrying it around? What I'm saying is, people carry around bags that look like diaper bags that are not necessarily diaper bags. That is very true. That is and very get made true. fun of. By their friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, why wouldn't they? Uh, okay. One more email. And this comes from Andrea in England. She says, I've been catching up with the last few podcasts, and I have to say I don't think catching up with Carol in every cold open would be worthwhile. <laughs> this was my whole idea. So she's just shooting that down right here. <laughs> Well, good for her. She was only gone for just over a day when the prison fell. The Herschel and Governor episodes most mostly rewound time, and the entire half season was only around five days. Uh, speaking of which, my big hope for the future is that more time passes during and between episodes. It would be good for character development if we got to spend more than a week with the characters before each long hiatus, especially as big time skips are then necessary to keep up with Chandler Riggs' growth. Um, I, I included this because I think it was an interesting point. This show does tend to show us a little bit and then have a long break. You know, all of season one was like just a few days or something like that, you know, and yep. they tend to do that. I mean, I guess some more time passes when we aren't watching these characters, right? But 
season four seemed like it was pretty compressed. The first half was pretty compressed as well after a, an eight-month break in between seasons, and we'll likely get something like that after season four too. Would you like to see sort of longer time progress in the, you know, within a season, in internal to a, to a season on the show? I have no real preference for that. I mean, it's fine. And a lot of people, a lot of shows will do this in a very short stints. Deadwood was, uh, from the beginning of the first episode to the end of the first season, was only like a day and a half or something like that. And that's fine with me. Uh, so, no, I don't necessarily need to have uh, time skips in between episodes or have an episode take a couple of weeks. Um, I think... I think it's fine to have long jumps in between because, you know, that, that kind of, to me, uh, is probably what their lives are like. Long periods of boredom followed by short periods of extreme terror. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're probably right. I mean, most of the time they're just figuring out where they're going to get their next meal from or water or whatever. And then something goes wrong. And that's kind of what we see as the viewers, right? Yeah. Um, so, and we don't want to watch the long periods of boredom. No, that's true. But I do think they could mix it up a little bit. Like, you know, have a storyline that spans more than just a few days or, or, or weeks even. I don't know. That's um, what I used to say my uh, my love life was like. Long periods of boredom followed by short periods of extreme terror. <laughs> well, it seemed to work out for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What's it like now? A long it's period fine. of extreme terror? <laughs> it's. Uh, I got married. Everything's good. <laughs> okay, good. Andrea finishes with a P.S., and I'm including this because it's fun. She says, I've been listening to you for a while now, and I had such fun listening to you pronounce Birmingham, or Birmingham, that I got really curious how you would say... Oh, God. Loborough, which is a town in the county of Leicestershire. <laughs> now, I know you don't have these words in front of you, Jason. Um Lichtershire? Well, and she finishes, I don't know if any Canadians have ever heard of these places before. And now she did send a pronunciation, which I haven't looked at yet, because she blacked it out in the email. So we're going to look at it right now. So the first one is L-O-U-G-H-B-O-R-O-U-G-H. Lowborough. Lowborough? Or do you think it's all, do you think the G-H in the middle is an F sound? Loughborough? Luff, Loughborough or something. I don't know Luff. if I, I'm not sure. I think it's Labra. All right. And then the second one is L-E-I-C-E-S-T-E-R-S-H-I-R-E. Leicestershire. 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 I have to pronounce it like Sean, Con- Sean Connery. Leicestershire. There you go. Okay. So those are our, our guesses. And I, I hope. People, you don't find this too mind-numbingly boring. I think it's sort of funny. So here's the answer. Oh, look, Luffbrew or Luffbro. <laughs> she writes roughly L-U-F-F-B-R-U for the first one. Luffbrew. Luffbrew. Yeah, Luffbrew. Luffbrew. There we go. Um, with the brew sound of brush. Oh, geez. Luffbrew. Luffbrew. <laughs> and Leicestershire. L-E-S-T-E-R, Shire. Leicestershire. Okay. Leicestershire. Leicester. Okay. <laughs> I'll believe you. Um, if you want to send in any funny words for us to pronounce incorrectly, <laughs> <laughs> maybe we could start a whole new podcast on funny pronunciations. Stuff we can't pronounce. That's right. 
that uh that would be a long podcast it really really would mostly consisting of people's last names um okay well jason that is it for this podcast how did you feel it went uh i give it about a seven and a half it was a little awkward in places but uh, i think overall we did an okay job Considering we were off for so long, you know, yeah. and we're just getting back into the swing of things. Now we're going to take two weeks off again. Your beard is too distracting. I can't uh, I can't talk when your beard is around. That's me I scratching should, my beard. Oh, I should grow a beard again. You should. I used to have a beard. Every man should grow a big, huge beard at some point in their life. I'm just saying. Um, Maybe we should organize a beard growing. You start growing a beard now so you'll have it when we go to Chicago. I can't. I can't. Yeah, you could. No, I can't. I really don't see why not. Speaking of Chicago, that's Walker Stalker Con in uh, the middle of Chicago on the 14th, 15th, and 16th of March. We are going to be there. I mean, nothing is booked yet, so, I mean, you know, life could get in the way. But the plan is to be there. We're going to confirm that very, very soon. Hope to see you there, too. There will be all sorts of panels, all sorts of other great stuff. If we're there, we're going to try to do a listener meetup like we did in Atlanta, and uh, that was the most fun I've had ever. So In Atlanta? Uh, in Atlanta. <laughs> maybe even in the eastern United States. Yeah. So Chicago should be a great time, too. Hope to see you there. More information coming as we uh, get closer to the date. We will be back after two weeks when The Walking Dead is back on the air with episode nine of season four. I don't think the title has been announced for that yet. I'm surprised. They should throw that out there. Throw us a bone. Give us the title. Something. Yeah, something. Um, so we'll be back doing that. We will be doing our regular recap shows and our uh, listener feedback shows two nights later, if I can remember to do it. <laughs> Hopefully I can. Jason will remind me. Yeah. So in the meantime, <clears throat> if you want to get in contact, please give us a call. It's one 483 zomb That's 9662. You can find us on Twitter at Talking Dead. Or on Facebook at facebook.com slash the talking dead. And just for the record, Facebook has been dead lately because I was lazy and I wasn't posting much, but I'll get back into that soon. Come on, man. I know. I know. I do everything around here. I just got to keep it up. That's not true. You show up and you talk. Yeah. Right? That's, that's, it's that's the least I could do. It's the least you could do. <laughs> <laughs> Send us an email to talking dead podcast at gmail.com. And, uh, that are that, those are all the fantastic ways to get in touch with us. The other thing you can do to help out the show is go to talkingdeadpodcast.com/shirts buy a shirt if you'd like. Uh, I'm wearing the old style shirt right now as we speak, as I speak. But we got new ones available there and iPhone cases. Pick up one of those. You'll be the uh, coolest person in your town or at least social circle or at least house. And uh if you're doing any shopping at Amazon, please go to amazon.talkingdeadpodcast.com first, and uh, everything you buy at Amazon will uh, send a little little tiny percentage our way, and it doesn't cost you anything more, and we have no idea what you bought. So you can go and buy all the intimate apparel you'd like, and we will not have, we will be none the wiser. You could buy Dawson's Creek stuff till the cows come home, and we'll never make fun of you. <laughs> not even a little bit. So... Uh, Amazon.talkingdeadpodcast.com. It's one of the easiest ways to help support the show, and we appreciate everyone's support all the time. Um, so that's going to do it. Next podcast on Monday, Mar uh, February the 10th, about the next episode of the show. Looking forward to that. 
thanks uh, for listening, everyone. Until next time, my name is Chris. My name is Jason. We will see you in two weeks. I like James Vanderbeek. <laughs>